that's the cool thing about this film is like it's gonna look cool as hell right (laughs) Right. from like the production design to all the camera stuff we have planned and like even the sound design communicating Mm -hmm. like his mental state all of that's gonna be so cool but i also think the story is really interesting Mm -hmm. and like can also hit hard and like it'll supplement it all together but it's gonna look so cool yeah it's gonna be (laughs) awesome my name is west gibbons and welcome back to the tungsten originals podcast You just heard part of my conversation with Sammy Shoemaker. Sammy is in pre-production for her senior thesis film, Pink, which takes the abstract concepts of anxiety, existentialism, and death and creates a tangible representation. We discussed how she got attached to this project, her experience directing a film of this size, and the groundbreaking production design this movie requires. There's a link to Sammy's fundraising campaign in the description of this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 44 of the Tungsten Originals Podcast. Sammy, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Wow, thanks, West, for having me. How's that for an intro? Amazing. It's just what I do now. And for some reason, although this is audio only, Mm -hmm. I feel the need to throw my hands up. I was going to ask if you were going to mention that. Well, this is me doing that. <laughs> Sammy, you're here to talk about your senior film, yes. which is called Pink. Yes. We are in the same senior one class, which I think is the only class we've taken together. You helped out that study cam class that I took, but you weren't like oh, officially yeah. in it. You and Harrison helped yeah, out. Yeah, we were just like TAs. Yeah. I mean, we had storyboarding together. Oh, yeah. But we oh, didn't talk. Boy, oh boy, do I block that class out yeah, of my memory. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> I put off taking that I class did. till as long yeah, as possible. Yeah, But yeah, you're here to talk about Pink, which is a coming-of-age drama about Mm -hmm. a child processing his father's death. Yeah. So a good (laughs) rom-com of a film. A great one for the family. Yeah, exactly. Um, But before we dive into that, I want to talk about you and how you ended up in this chair in front of me. Wow. And I want to go back to every decision you've ever made (laughs) and how it led to this very moment on 8.29 p.m. on November 5th. On 8.29 p.m. Exactly. Edit it out. Edit yes, it out. It's that. It's cut. It's cut. <laughs> um, so you're from Hawaii, correct? I am. That's a pretty interesting place. Yeah, from Maui, Hawaii. What's that like? Um, it's really different. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, did Savannah, Georgia? I don't know. <laughs> but at least there's the same like Southern hospitality really? aspect that like we have in Hawaii. Everyone's really nice. But there's a bunch of stuff here on the mainland, as we call it. Right. That, like, are we like the others to y'all? Yeah, like the. You're just, you know, different. <laughs> you're, you're one from of those, man. <laughs> yeah. But like, nice. I miss out on a lot of stuff that I like wasn't aware of until like moving land. to the mainland. Like, yeah, like freeways. <laughs> That's like silly, but like we don't have interstate? freeways. Like, oh, wow. I think the year that I came to SCAD, like after I graduated, a, our Target opened. Like, we didn't have a Target wow. before, which is like a big thing for a lot of people. Right. I, we don't have a lot of chain restaurants that, that y'all have here. I say y'all now. That's true. I've really Welcome. adapted. You're one of us now. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> so you had never been on a freeway before? That's a, No, that's, that's not what I said. <laughs> oh, okay. I've left Hawaii. I've driven oh, on a freeway. Okay. I've been on a plane. Well, there is we a freeway from Hawaii them. to California. Which that is, is a little known fact. It's right. the world's largest bridge. <laughs> 2,000 miles um, across the Pacific yeah, yeah, coming soon. The engineering of that is pretty insane. It just floats, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> cars are just flying Sometimes, off. Sometimes, yeah, night. it can get a little crazy, but yeah. 
that, yeah. that's just the you have to sign a waiver before right that's just the maui the, life yeah it's so. just like what it takes to get to hawaii <laughs> to be one of us <laughs> so how old were you when you came to the mainland for the first time oh gosh. like were you born in hawaii i so yeah i was born and raised in hawaii but both my parents are from la but uh, met in hawaii so like okay all of their family is from California for the most part. So right. that's like my second home is okay. like LI. So oh. like <laughs> we would go there right. like at least once a year. Okay. And I think I've been flying since I was like a little baby, which okay. is really nice. Like I right. know people from Hawaii that have never been on a plane. Mm. So I feel lucky um, wow. for sure. That's cool that I've gotten to leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that so is uh, in Mississippi, that's kind of like a thing of like mm -hmm. people grow up and they want to get out. Is yeah. that a thing when oh, you live in paradise? For sure. Okay. Because it's such like a tourist town. Right. And like, again, we don't have a lot of stuff. And the beach is cool. But like after 17 years, we're kind of like, oh, I get it. Like, <laughs> right. I understand. Right. <laughs> Let's leave. Yeah. And how easy is it to get from island to island? Um, is it also a freeway system? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Smaller bridges. Smaller but still bridges. Pretty large. Yeah. No, it, it depends. My island, the county is like four islands in total. Hmm. Which is weird. Um, this is so ignorant of me, but yeah, I just ahead. never thought about Hawaii having counties. Yeah. I just so, thought it was all right? just Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Maui County has like three other islands. Okay. And so those ones you can take like a ferry. Right. Which even though it's like eight miles across, it takes like two and a half hours just because oh, they're wow. so slow. But then if you Dang. wanted to fly to another island, they're like 15 to 30 minute flights. Hmm. And Oahu, the main one, is like where the the big airport is, <laughs> the international right. airport. So right. a lot of the times when I fly back from school, I have to go there and then like island hop okay. the 30 minute flight. So those 30 minute flight, this is just a Hawaii <laughs> podcast now. I'm Welcome so Welcome to the Hawaii podcast. <laughs> yeah. We Welcome don't care about HP. the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have to do the whole thing of security that you have to do for regular flights? Okay, so interesting. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. No. <laughs> there's Okay, so there's an airport right next to my house. Okay. There's two airports on, or three, but really just two okay. on Maui. And there's the one like main one that people use. And then there's, it's called the West Maui Airport. Mm. And it's so small and they can only take planes that have like, you know, 20 rows or something. Because oh, the, okay. the, what's it called? Oh, the... <laughs> The runway. The runway. I wanted to say the freeway. And I was like, no. <laughs> I wish, wish y'all could see motions, those hand yeah. motions. The it's runway perfect. is so small that like they only can take small planes. Right. But those planes, <laughs> they they don't have any TSA, oh. which is terrifying for yeah. somebody like me who doesn't like planes. Fun Ooh, fact. And nice. also, they weigh you at the airport. They're not like, oh, what do you weigh? Like, they weigh you. Oh. Because they have to balance the planes. Oh, Wow. So they have so to weigh, weigh you in your bag. And then they assign your seats. And they assign you seats. Wow. But there's no TSA. So you show up like 20 minutes before and you just like hop on and then you, you know, you go. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you're in Hawaii, mm -hmm. when you were a uh, small Sammy. A wee lad. A wee lad. Yes. In Hawaii. When did art become something that you were paying attention to? Is your family artistic at all? Um, I would... Like they're gonna listen to this and be all offended, but <laughs> right. I would say not really. Like there's okay. some there's some people in my family. Like I have an uncle who's like a musician, and I have his wife actually is like a writer, like a novelist. So okay. I feel like they're the closest. But besides that, everybody has like real traditional jobs, right. um, not like the artist type. Yeah, uh, yeah. But my mom, 
was telling me this recently from like a young age she always thought i was going to be a director hmm. because i would like play behind like behind our couch is where all my toys were for some reason right and i would just sit stash. back there for hours and yeah. like direct them and like make little like plays or whatever nice. which is really funny because then i started getting into photography like that's right. what i came to scad for and i oh I'd okay been, yeah i've been taking photos in like middle school and then like high school i had little photo shoots with people and like would gotcha. get paid sometimes right or, would shoot like Christmas cards. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. And then. So you wanted to be a photographer? Yeah. I wanted to be wow. a fashion photographer. Oh, wow. Um, and I hate that I say photographer instead of photographer. Um, but anyway. Well, it was animal centered photography that you were doing. Fur-tography. Yeah. Photography. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's what I wanted to do. And then senior year just through like youtube i started getting yeah. into short films and i was okay. like oh that's so cool that like, like film riot and stuff like that yeah kind of yeah. like that kind of little short DIY film stuff that you would film, see yeah. yeah and then i'd be like oh that's so cool that like the camera angle can you know communicate something right. or like the color somebody's wearing so i started getting into short films and i made like a short film club at my school oh, wow. where we would watch films like once a month or something and hmm. then uh like analyze them and i would lead discussions and I was going to minor in film at SCAD. Okay. Or just like in general, wherever I ended up. And then um, I came to SCAD, winter quarter, freshman year, took my first film class. And I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> really? Okay. So it was like I, Film 100 then. Yeah. It was with wow. Morton too. <laughs> oh, nice. <That's laughs> which awesome. is so funny. But yeah. I like, I guess at that point, which sounds like annoying to anyone who takes photos, but like at that point I was like, so I felt limited. I was like, oh, I only get one frame. You're not the first like, person I, to say that on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm Taylor like, Wedding I, said the same thing. Yeah, I was like, I can't really tell that much of a story with just right. like one photo. Like every every time I think of a shoot, like in my head, they're like little clips or like I want to have like right. a full series. So then I was kind of like, well, maybe I do want to do film. And then I took the class and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is fun. So when you were in high school, were you making shorts with friends? No. Really? I went to a really, really small high school. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um. My graduating class had 10 people. Wow. So like really small. I think wow. the school was like nine years old or something. Or maybe we, yeah, Damn. like a, it was like around nine or 10 years old when and I graduated. And you flew to school. And I flew to school every morning, yeah. And then rode a turtle. Those things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many stupid questions I've gotten like Oh, that. I'm sure. I'm like sure. if we have paved roads or the, my okay. favorite, do you take U.S. currency or do you have your own? And I'm like, we're a That's, state. Yeah. It's a state. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm that <laughs> stupid about Hawaii. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, I it's would like, hope not. It's, we're just a normal state. Right. Just beaches. Yeah. And mountains. mountains. Pretty stuff. And volcanoes. And... So were you acting in them and doing all that or was or were you doing like stop motion type stuff? I with... wasn't doing anything. It was uh, just photo shoots. Oh, okay. Wasn't making films at all because gotcha. I I just like appreciated film. So you just you were just a viewer. I was just a viewer. Gotcha. Um, okay. And yeah, like the other thing was uh, my best friend in high school, Allie, who was a year above me, was mm. like into she was into film. Okay. Uh, and ended up going to SCAD, but we were like kind of the only art kids at mm. the school because it was so small. So we would just like talk about film and whatever, but there wasn't like a community to be able to make anything right. really. And like we didn't have the, the curriculum for it. Right. So it's kind of like that. I don't hmm. know. It's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like the, the the friends that you surrounded yourself with, mm-hmm. were they also doing photography and stuff like that? Or were you kind of like the sole, the 10% of your I don't <laughs> graduating say like, class? I want to say like, oh, I was the only one. But no, like, but I mean, if you were. But I kind of felt like I was. Yeah. Because I mean, there yeah. was definitely kids that were talented in art at my school but right. nobody was like i want to go to art school yeah. and i was very much like 
for some reason I wanted to be a psychologist like hmm. sophomore year, but then by the time I got to senior year, I was like, oh, like I'm not applying to any other schools, like just okay. art schools. And my parents were like, mm, well, uh, maybe just one. And I was like, sure, but then yeah. didn't. So right. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the only person I know that like applied to art schools, even though right. people were like artists. Right. Right. Okay. So then yeah. uh, that moment of realizing that you wanted to change your major in film 100 mm -hmm. was that like a very specific moment or was it just at the end of the quarter you're like you know what actually you could like this i don't even think it was like by the end of the quarter i think it was like the first day oh wow or like, it was really early on and this is so funny knowing morton now right because we all know like yeah. just who he is as a person yeah. but like being just like i knew nothing about film right. and just hearing morton be like the industry and like <laughs> this is going to happen and yeah. you need to buy gaff tape and you need to get <laughs> gels. And I was like, whoa, like, this stuff is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I don't know why. I was just like really into it. Mm. I think film is really fun and I love yeah. like the pipeline aspect of it. And right. I love how like specific it can get mm -hmm. on like a, I love large productions. So like right. when everyone has their one job yeah. and that's like all you're doing, that's my favorite. Right. And I think that's like something that I liked a lot because you can like focus Mm -hmm. really on one thing and be like good at your thing yeah i don't know so your final project in film 100 oh, what was your role oh god i was the dp okay because i've like always been into cameras and right. i just have a good eye for composition mm -hmm. which like is why i'm kind of a cam op now right but um yeah so i was the dp and i it was like just the biggest shit show <laughs> Ever and like seeing good film 100 things like mm. you know those film kids and they have like good ones and you're yeah. just like oh god yeah <laughs> mine was so bad and yeah. we we didn't know like what slates were for we were like right. I don't get why you would use this but we're yeah. not gonna do that and then <laughs> and our um we didn't have a shot list but I drew out storyboards on mm. um what are those called flashcards flashcards on flashcards wow <laughs> and we just were like oh yeah like let's do this one next. And like, oh. let's do this one. <laughs> huh. Yeah, no shot list, no right. nothing. Just like pictures we drew. And the script was like good, I thought. Because mm -hmm. we didn't write it. We found it off like a script bank. Oh, uh, the so stat was, script bank? Yeah. Nice. But it was like kind of fun. Nice. But we definitely did not do it justice <laughs> right. at all. No. <laughs> right. No, no, no. So you're most of the time, you're mostly a cam up. Yeah. So when did you start zeroing in on that position? So I, so I was like, oh, I want to be a DP. And yeah. My first film production, I was just a BTS photographer because mm. I was like, I don't know anything about film, but right. I can take photos. So I like did that. And then I was like, oh, like being a DP, like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's right. like the camera person, right. like not knowing how big camera team is. And so I DP'd a bunch of small stuff, uh, which I think is really cool that I like mm. didn't. I think a lot of people like work their way up to being a DP, but I kind right. of just like threw myself in and was yeah. like, you know, I'm just going to make a bunch of stuff with like these little films. And if nobody wants to hire me, that's okay. But I'm like getting experience with yeah, myself. Might as well. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. And then it was, uh, what's it called? Like a texting and driving PSA. Right. And George was my cam op for whatever reason. It was like the first time I'd worked with a cam op because mm. otherwise I was doing it. And he did a lot of like, we did a lot of stuff with the Ronin. And at that point I was kind of like, oh, like I kind of feel like George made this film like mm. he I like he was moving the camera like mm. I don't deserve any credit for this it wasn't that fun I just like planned it and then I was kind of like oh mm. maybe I don't want to be a DP like maybe I just want to move the camera maybe I just want to mm. be a cam op so then after that realization I was like I'm just going to cam op a few things 
And I did. And then I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is it. <laughs> what? Had another one of those like, oh, this is it. Right. So what what drew you to it? And can you just for those who may not understand, can you like describe the the differences the difference. in, uh, yeah. in job description between yeah. a DP and cannot came up? So the DP is head of the camera department mm. and also lighting. And so they're doing right. all the pre-production stuff and planning kind of the shots with the director, but then making like lens choices and camera choices and making lighting plans. And for whatever reason, I hated lighting. And really? pre-production also really stresses me out. But a cam op, and now everybody's going to want to be a cam op, <laughs> you yeah. show up on the day with no like prior uh, planning involved. You mm -hmm. just show up and you get to move the camera and do all the fun stuff. And you almost have like, you almost get to be a little bit of a director because mm -hmm. you're looking at the blocking and you're looking at the lighting and you're looking at the production design. And like a lot of the times I feel like a bit of a liaison, maybe if that's the right mm, word, nothing so. because I get to be like, oh, hey, like maybe if you tweaked the blocking a little, like your shot would be better or, oh, oh actually, like that pencil was not there before it right. was on this side of the desk. And then people are like, oh, thanks for catching that. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of like zeroing in on the production and I get to like be focused, like I okay. kind of mentioned earlier that I really liked. And right. There's like the instant gratification, I think, is what I like the most because mm. being a DP, I would be like, oh, like, I guess I kind of am proud of what I did. But when you're a cam op and you like nail the move and you like do your shot really well, then you're like, oh, I did it. I gotcha. just made that. Like, okay. look at that shot I just did. Right. I don't know why. I just like, it makes me so happy and it's so fun to do. Hmm. Yeah, you just get like such good payoff. Do you take any relief in the fact that you have less creative control than a DP? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, And that yeah. doesn't bother you at all? No. Okay. It's so weird because Bear, I like, I told Bear that I just wanted to cam up and I didn't want to be, be a DP. And he was like, you know, like, you don't really get to make that many decisions. Like, you're kind of just right. listening to what people tell you. And Bear's I'm like, a professor here, by the way. Oh, for yeah. Those who don't know. <laughs> professor Bear. A bear talked to yeah. me. <laughs> I saw a grizzly. I had a dream. No. <laughs> um, oh, that'd be amazing. But, <laughs> but I was like, no, like, I like that because hmm. they almost tell me what to do. And I'm like, I can say, like, I can kind of give, not like advice, but I can say, oh, like, what if we did this? Yeah, suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. So if I really don't like it, I can always give a suggestion. Right. But, um, How often do you do that? I mean, I know it varies project to project. Pretty but... pretty often. Okay. I, I try to like preface it before being right. like, may I say this to <laughs> not you? Not to overstep. But yeah, like I don't want to overstep. I don't want to try to direct. But right. I think DPs, directors production designers they're all focusing on so many things mm -hmm. that like me really staring at this tiny monitor being like hey what if we move to the left and like mm. up two inches and then they're like yes yes right um so it's like i'm kind of just it, it, i don't want to like steal the glory but i'm just like improving right. on what they've done already right and it's like you're just like constantly critiquing stuff mm. and like it's pretty fun that's cool. That's very cool. So you you just said that you don't want to, you mentioned like, I don't want to direct, which is funny because you're directing your senior thesis film, Woo. <laughs> which I want to dive into. Um, oh, yeah. So it's called Pink. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting script. We we did like a whole critique session in senior one. Which was so helpful. Yeah, very helpful. Um, and I think the story is really interesting. And there's many aspects of the film just in general that are going to, that like set you apart from other stuff one is like the production design mm -hmm. which we're definitely going to dive into because that's a huge part of this film mm -hmm. but tell me about like how you got attached to this project because you're yeah. not the writer no uh, I think you're the first 
person I think maybe that I've interviewed for this series that like mm-hmm. wasn't the writer of their thesis yeah. film. So how did you get onto it and um, how did you end up directing whenever yeah. you oh, enjoy and very much love being a camera? Yeah. So I've directed once before, which is okay. like crazy to admit because <laughs> our budget and like what we're trying to do is right. so like high level, I feel like. And right. there's so many difficult aspects to this film. Yeah. Um, and to say like this is my second time directing just sounds like crazy. Like, why would you trust me at all? Mm-hmm. Um but the way SCAD does the senior, and this isn't like the full reason, but the way mm-hmm. SCAD does senior projects, like I can't be a cam op. I would love to cam op five projects and be like, yeah, cool. Like I really, you know, helped all those people call it a day, but right. I can't do that. So can you, I kind can of, you break down how that, how like. How SCAD does it? Yeah. Yeah. For so those who don't go here. You, you have to make a senior film mm-hmm. and you have to be a department head essentially. So director, writer, producer, DP editor production designer production designer well that's it's separate that's not a film major oh right but right. you know you have to be a department head and um i guess i've dp'd so much that like i know what it entails mm-hmm. and it's weird because you you can only make like half the decisions as a dp you're kind of taking someone's vision and like realizing it yeah but it's a weird like so am i as a cam op but I'm not making that many decisions. I'm just like executing. Mm -hmm. And so a DP, you have to be like, oh, they want this type of feel, so I'm gonna make these decisions. And Mm. there's a lot of math that people don't know about and a lot of like crazy stuff when it comes to like lighting. Yeah. Um, Because I really understand the camera parts like thoroughly because I've been doing camera stuff for so long. Yeah. But lighting was always like my weaker point. And the idea of me saying, okay, this is my film that I'm DPing, but like not, being confident with making like all of those decisions mm-hmm. if that makes sense like yeah i would rather be the director and start from zero and right. like have a vision for it and then bring in other people to supplement my ideas and like okay. collaborate because i think i don't want it to sound like pretentious but i think i'm good at giving critiques i, I know what's wrong with something really easily i don't mm-hmm. always know like what's right for it but i can say what's wrong i think and that's so, a good skill yeah so like yeah. bringing on people that are better than me oh absolutely. <laughs> you know what i mean like no, that's... having a talented crew yeah. and being like yes like put your like put your brain into it yeah, and then the i'll just say like oh this isn't yeah. working or whatever yeah so that's like i wanted to direct because i kind of wanted to start from zero and like build something okay. yeah and i don't even really care that it's like my senior film i just like right. if i'm gonna direct something like i'm gonna put right. everything into it right i'm not just gonna like do some half-ass project. Okay, yeah, because the way that it works is like if you're directing, then like you're only working, the only, what's giving you the credit to mm-hmm. graduate is Pink. What's giving me the credit to graduate is Blueberries. But like Taylor, the DP that I interviewed, like she's making her own senior, but she's also DPing other yeah, things. And like exactly. some some people only produce, but they have to produce like three yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you have to do more. Yeah, you have to do more like if you're a department kind head. of rude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for producers. Like they should... Yeah. Yeah, because that's very intense. Because <laughs> they're on through each stage. Right. It's not just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's every department head, though. Like, yeah. DPs aren't just there for production. They're there for all of it. So, right. I don't know. At SCAD, uh, maybe think that through again. <laughs> <laughs> so, was making that decision scary in any way? No. Okay. Isn't that weird? I, no, I don't think so. I think about this a lot because... So, our budget is $15,000. Right. Which is daunting and by far the biggest project i've ever tried to make and like being someone who just is on camera team and in production i don't ever deal with budgets and Mm. so saying like 
oh yeah, like I'm just gonna direct this thing. Uh, please give us fifteen thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> like you can trust me. Like it's fine. Um, <laughs> right. That sort of a thing is like that's the scary part to me. Right. But when I think about making decisions along the way, like every step we've taken in pre-production and getting to production, right. that part doesn't scare me. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't think so because it's your crew that's making you confident that's true you know? i have the dream team right. i'm so happy like i we've been working on pink since may yeah how many year. drafts of the script are you on i think we have like 17 yeah that's insane and i'm that on started three in may. yeah <laughs> yeah um but just like i've been working on it for so long that i've gotten like every person that i like right. really wanted and like the best people that i work with right and the people like Especially because I crew for so many other people. They're like, yeah. oh, I kind of owe you a favor sort of like attitude. Uh, right. So like they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll work on your film. Right. Um, so that's great. Yeah. And I'm so happy with the people we have. Yeah. So um, your writer is Joe Russ, yes. who is also typically a DP here at SCAD. Joe does it all. Yeah. He's a, a, a multi-talented boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, how did you two get attached to this? I, on set, when I meet new people, I kind of like to ask them, like, okay, what's your end goal? Like, yeah, maybe mm. you're, like, a grip on this, but, like, what do you want right. to do? And I was working with Joe for the first time, and we both, like, knew of each other but had never really met. And he mm. was the first AC. I was the second AC on a thesis. And I was like, so what do you want to do, Joe? And he was like, oh, like, I don't know. I kind of want to DP. I want to direct. Like, I'm also a writer. I'm a dramatic writing minor. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, whatever. We were just talking about that. And then we had a class together maybe the next quarter or no, it was that same quarter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We had a class together. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And I knew that I wanted to direct my senior and I knew that I didn't want to write it. Gotcha. Because so I'm that's interesting. So you, had, <laughs> so you had made that decision before you even had a project. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. yeah. So when they were like, okay, think about your thesis or whatever. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well I'm going to direct it and I don't want to write it because I'm not a writer. Like mm -hmm. why would I do that? There's so many people <laughs> who are here to write films. Right. So let's find somebody who's going to do it better than me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I talked to a few people that were writers and I, I had some like guidelines that I was looking for. The two, the two were like, I wanted a dramatic film. I didn't want to do a comedy. Okay. Um, Why is that? Well, now I'm going to offend everyone that does a comedy. No, but I don't think so. I think like as far as cinematography and, and this isn't true for everything, but like cinematography, especially and the art department aspects of it are so much richer for me personally in mm -hmm. dramas and like. A moving story not just like right. a funny one yeah i didn't want to like pour my heart into like a comedy and i also right. don't trust myself with deciding what's funny hmm i don't okay. know but so i wanted a drama and then my other like requirement for it was that it it didn't have it wasn't a cast of like teenagers or like college age people right. because that's so easy and right. we all do that yeah and so i was like okay i don't want anyone in that age group like these are my requirements like let me know what scripts you have. And Joe pitched to me a couple of them and Pink was one of them. And he was like, mm -hmm. it's about a little boy who's at first it was his grandpa. His grandfather right. dies and it's his first experience with death. And like this overwhelming event causes him to hallucinate Pink. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Yeah, And especially because I I'm so sick of production design. That's I don't want to say like unoriginal, but like classic narrative, like mm -hmm. looks as almost as if it's like a documentary. Like I wanted mm -hmm. to do something fun and something we could play with. Right. Um, like impressionistic is what my production designer Katie likes mm. to say. Like, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to like that part was really interesting to mm -hmm. find something that wasn't just like, oh, like it's people in a house 
Right. So like, let's build this house. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's put some new plants in the house. Right. So it was, yeah. Explain how that hallucination is manifested because it's a it's yeah. a big feat the way y'all are doing it. Yeah. So and a big reason why you have to have fifteen thousand oh dollars. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, very early on, um, I told Joe I was like, it. I don't think it can be his grandpa. I think it needs to be his dad because mm. it's going to hit harder that, you know, when you're little, your parents are like superheroes and they're untouchable. Yeah. And we also don't have to establish a, a relationship because right. it's so... It's, it's an innate relationship. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know that the little boy would be close with his dad, but you would have to show the audience that he was close right. with his grandpa. So after some convincing, we chose the dad. Okay. Um, And then also in the original drafts, like, it said that stuff turned pink, but at the end, like Peter's hands turned pink. And oh. that was like, it was like him kind of realizing that he was going to die. But the way we've built it out from this like three page draft that Joe first sent me. It to was three. Wow. It was three pages. Wow. It was like he hears the news. He runs through a park, sees like a pink bird um, and then comes home and his parents are like, it's OK. Like, yeah. we love you. You're not going to die. Kind of yeah. <laughs> not to like make it sound dumb, but it was kind right. of like, you know, they just comforted him. And then mm -hmm. at the end, it like ended almost like a horror movie. Like he was he looked down and his hands were turning pink. Right. Um, and so we kind of got to the root of like, what is the pink? Mm. And the pink is like his grief and his anxiety that he can't comprehend because he's never had such an emotional thing happen to him before. Right. And this is like a real thing that happens to people, not necessarily pink, but like something so traumatic happens to you or like some form of PTSD and your brain will hallucinate like mm. either visually or auditory. Right. Um. So it's kind of that idea like he just can't cope at all. And so he mm -hmm. starts like hallucinating and instead of having him turn pink because we were like we can't just paint his hands pink like that's gonna look dumb right we were like what if you know his whole bedroom turns pink and it's like a monochrome very sterile like nightmarish place almost yeah and i think that conveys the same thing of, of him like not being able to escape it right. and he like has this panic attack in this giant pink room right and so like as far as our budget goes all of these effects we're doing practically and right. that's <laughs> crazy yeah so so that's the thing like i think sometimes i when i'm writing i can write like a producer like i don't uh -huh. want to write something that yeah. i think is like crazy <laughs> crazy and undoable so when y'all decided we're gonna make everything in his bedroom pink yeah. was any part of you like we can't do that um from the beginning like before which obviously you are showing that you can and yeah. you will but yeah that's just a daunting thing. Yes. You know? Yes. From the, from the very beginning when we had our first like production meetings with just the department heads mm -hmm. before the script was really anything. I was like, I want you guys to work on my thesis. They were like, we're down. Like, oh, okay. just like a concept pitch before it was gotcha. like anything like read this script. Right. Um, I said like one of my biggest things was like, I want you guys to like dream big as dumb as it sounds like dream big and like imagine, oh, man, dumb. imagine everything yeah. that you want and then we'll, we'll. Like, we'll deal with the budget later and we'll figure out how to, like, put it into what we need. But at, like, such an early stage with this script and this mm -hmm. story, like, there's no point in limiting yourself. Like, right. let's each department think as big as they want. Like, yeah. let's pretend we're building a whole school instead of just a bedroom and let's right. shoot it on the Alexa. And, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just totally. use all the expensive things and, like, right. make it as big as possible. And then later on, you know, see what works and what doesn't and, mm -hmm. you know, what we can do. And so that was kind of how we, like, approached it. And our production designer, Katie, is just like amazing. And mm -hmm. I have full faith in her that she's going to be able to to build this set for his right. bedroom. But once we like wrote that into the script, it was like, OK, we have to build a set. Like there's right. no choice because, first of all, this is going to look so cool yeah. to have a fully pink bedroom. But right. also like 
it definitely serves the story really well. Totally. Yeah, you're not just doing it to do it. No. Yeah. That's like that's the cool thing about this film is like it it's gonna look cool as hell. Right. <laughs> right. From like the production design to all the camera stuff we have planned and like even the sound design communicating mm-hmm. like his mental state. All of that's gonna be so cool. But I also think the story is really interesting mm-hmm. and like can also hit hard and like it'll supplement it all together. Right. But it's going to look so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. So you talked about how uh, it kind of tackles childhood trauma and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know you said that, like, you didn't want to do a college slash teenager story just because that's what everyone does, mm-hmm. because we just cast each other and that's what we look like. <laughs> and that's what we know. It's what we know. We yeah, know exactly. Um, but why go to the child route on the age spectrum? You know, yeah. like, why focus on yeah. childhood trauma? I mean, I wish I had like a better answer, (laughs) but the truth is it's the script that Joe pitched me and Mm -hmm. Joe pitched it because he wrote it from like his real life and his grandfather dying and him not being able to understand it. And I think it's, it's interesting because we're like at a weird spot where we have like very like adult feelings, let's say, but we can remember what being a child is like. And it's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's not like we're, right. we're 50 and we're trying to make a film about kids like mm-hmm. we're only 20. Like right. this was us 10 we're years kind ago. Of adults, but we're also kind of children. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. still figuring it out. Exactly. Um, so it's cool that like we can write a film with such adult issues, but then mm-hmm. make it like childlike kind of. And right. I think that's what's cool about like the pink as like a element, like the art aspect of it is that it fits really well with this boy's like playful childish mm-hmm. mind. Like if yeah. if Peter, the protagonist, was, you know, 45, it wouldn't really work as well right. <laughs> with him like hallucinating all this pink stuff. Yeah. But I think him being like a little kid makes the story really whimsical and cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Right. What you know, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In pre-production, what are some of the difficulties that you've been facing as you've been planning to shoot and what are some difficulties that you expect to face once you get on set oh gosh because i know you're you're actually building the set for the yeah. house yeah in studio a right at, no at sfs no. oh you're getting you're We're getting renting to a studio right yeah so i mean that's the set is a big one because right. i've never been involved with the set building in right. any shape or form um but we can't build it at a scad facility because we'll have to have scad hours and we'll have to like be very watched and we would rather rent a space and have it be like and so you can go there at 4 a.m and exactly have it be like base camp and also like a production office and be able to work on it wherever whenever we want Mm -hmm. um but like renting a space i think the lowest quote we've gotten is like 1500 for a month and we need it for like three weeks minimum so it's like might as well rent it for the month you know what i mean that's honestly not as much as I thought it would be. But that's, that's a lot just of money. The space. Right. Like, that doesn't that's true. include that's fair, like, wood and props right. and beds and bedding and paint and <laughs> <laughs> literally anything. Like gallons Katie, and gallons of paint. <laughs> gallons of pink <laughs> yeah. paint. Katie made a list of all the stuff we would need to put in the room and like shit you wouldn't think of like light switches and oh, outlets. Right. Like they don't have to work. But if you don't put any light switches or it's outlets in this like bedroom, a... it's not gonna look like a real room. And like right. we love production designers for that. Yeah, seriously. Shout um, out to them. But like to think that we we are literally starting from scratch mm-hmm. with like a wood box. The wood we have to buy, but the box. And then putting <laughs> literally everything in that. There's so many tiny yeah. things you wouldn't think of and that gets so expensive yeah. so fast. Was there something that was especially difficult about preparing to do that like in the writing stages that y'all kept on 
having mm-hmm. to refine because you are at 19 or something drafts, 17, 17 drafts. So <laughs> yeah. like, uh, why 17, you know? <laughs> well, okay. So 17, it's weird because I think some draft like less than 10, like maybe like around eight or something. Mm-hmm. The story was like done. We were like, these are our locations. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Harrison, our DP and Katie, the production designer, like y'all can start working on whatever right. pre-production and from there on, we've just been working on dialogue. Right. Like, just dialogue. Because right. the climax of the film, you know, his bedroom turns pink and he has a panic attack. And he hides under the covers and then his mom comes in. Mm-hmm. And, like, the resolution is the conversation that him and his mom have. Mm-hmm. And trying to find the right way to tackle that right. is so hard. Because that's the thing about short films is that you have to have this emotional arc in yeah. five, ten minutes. Yeah. You know, when typically you have an hour, hour and a half yeah. for that. And and the way we have it now, or the way we're trying to have it, I should mm-hmm. say, because it's never going to be done until the day we shoot. <laughs> exactly. Um, is that even just the the conversation between him and his mom at the end has three arcs, or not mm. like three arcs, but three acts, I should say. So right. it's like him freaking out, and then him kind of like word vomiting, you know, right. everything he's wanted to say, and like trying to process it. And then the last like chapter of the film is him growing for his mom. Mm-hmm. And him, like, being able to be like, oh, like, this happens to everyone. And right. I'm not the only one who's freaking out and hurting. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to be there for my mom and have us grow together, mm-hmm. even though this big part of me is gone. And I think the way we've, like, found that through all the drafts is really cool. Mm-hmm. And even just, like, the really small tweaks we've made. Yeah. And stuff that we've, like, talked about in class, like, having Peter help his mom onto the dock at the end instead right. of the mom helping him, which is how yeah. we, like, first had it. Like, having him make the step to comfort her, I think like mm-hmm. adds a lot of richness to the story. And it's just like, like you said, in a short film, it's so hard, but it's like finding those little things that you can yeah. tweak that like adds such- Convey that information. Yeah, it gives yeah. so much more life yeah. to the film. So what has casting been like for this? Because casting child oh actors gosh. is well, mighty difficult. We're casting on Saturday. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. and that's a really scary um, thing. And yeah. I think what a lot of people don't realize uh, or maybe just haven't thought about is that mm-hmm. like when you're casting an adult or- a teen they're acting <laughs> and right. they, you can say you know act sad or like right. show us Play what this is if, like blah, blah, blah. exactly yeah. but when you're when you're casting a child you're like okay well have you ever been scared what was right. that like like you have to find a kid that you like yeah you have to hope, speak their language hope yeah. that they like understand the story it's not like you Man. finding a kid that is like flexible and can act and do all these things (laughs) right you know it's like finding a kid that relates to the peter that you have in mind and having a kid who can draw on like what did it feel like to give a speech in front of the class how did that make you nervous like what did that feel like and then taking that and being like this is how your character feels right now like you know how Hmm. when you get nervous and your heart beats or you get scared that's how he feels and like what does that look like hmm. it's like a whole different approach right and not you that to I'm totally some, change your language yeah it's like not that i'm like a master director um that knows all these things but it's like you have to you have to completely change it for kids does and, speaking ch- does that come naturally to you speaking to children well i've worked as a camp counselor which okay. is really gonna come in handy yeah it really is <laughs> um because you know, you have to like wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, it's okay that you're homesick. Like, we're going to have so much fun tomorrow. Like, right. learn how to comfort kids and learn yeah. how to like communicate and explain complex things mm-hmm. to them. And it's a lot of like pulling on past experiences rather than, um, you know, saying like, imagine this, which right. is how people direct. Like, yeah. now do it as if somebody's about to burst through the door. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that stuff. Right. Right. So that, I mean, that's, I feel like, 
besides getting funding, like that's mm. our biggest obstacle is getting a kid that can act well. Right. Yeah. So like what uh, avenues have you used to collect auditions and stuff like that? Um, like to get the word out there and stuff. Yeah, so we're using backstage. Is okay. it's called back- I think so. Not backdoor. It's backstage. Right? I think it's backstage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're using backstage. Um, and my casting director Lauren, who's also producing for us, um, she said that she's like put some feelers out there, and she's okay. kind of been like reaching out to some child actors that she right. knows, and that a lot of people are interested. But it's it's this Saturday, so we'll see how it goes. Man. Um we're going to have them like bring a monologue and I'm kind of going to interview them. Be right. like, you know, who are you? Yeah, little exactly. kid? Um, and then I have some sides like in case, but I don't, it's really hard to find sides for young yeah. child actors that are dramatic yeah. and have like a character shift. So do you think know. you'll have any of them read parts of the script? Um, I think we're going to give them the script so okay. that they can like understand. Right. But I don't think for the audition they will, because the other thing about pink is like, it's, there's no dialogue really until the end, mm-hmm. which wasn't intentional. But even when he hears the news that his dad dies, the the viewer, the camera is outside the room. Right. We just kind of see it happen. We don't hear like what they actually say. Yeah. And then we just see him react. Right. And so the the end when he's with his mom is really like the first time that he's like speaking. So a lot That's of a good point. Yeah. yeah a lot of the hmm. acting is all physical in the way that like we department heads communicate it. I right. guess we can like supplement his acting a lot. But, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, you were talking about how you just decided to, of course, hire the best people, which is always the best way yeah. to, to make a movie. <laughs> um, but since you have such experience in the camera department mm-hmm. and naturally come from the camera side, like that's your background. Mm-hmm. Are you I know you're close with uh, your DP Harrison. Yeah. Um, he was also one of the TAs for Morton's Steadicam yeah. class. <laughs> um, do you have to restrain yourself from being like a hawk over him? As a DP, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what? How do you balance that? It's and I'm sure it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, but it's it's so weird because almost all of my department heads just happen to be my best friends. Like, <laughs> it's not like I was right. like, oh, I want to work with my friends. Yeah. But they're. I mean, I just have really talented friends. I'm exactly. so lucky to you know have that work out the way yeah. it did and have us like be able to communicate so well together. Um, but it's hard to not like micromanage them. Right. And to also separate like church and state or like, you right. know, work and personal. Yeah. So it's like if if we get in a disagreement about uh, the most recent one was like lens choices, like mm. focal length, then I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, she's mad at me. Like, we're not even going to be friends after this. Like, right. <laughs> have that sort of little pity party for myself. Yeah. But it's hard to separate those things. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also such like an element of trust that I wouldn't yeah. have uh, if they weren't, you know, such my such close friends of mine. Right. I should say. Yeah. So in terms of the of the shot design and, and planning mm-hmm. those things out, what is the percentage of influence that you both have? Like, did you, whenever you were fully attached to the project, or did you know exactly what shots you wanted? How much of that is yeah. collaboration with you and Harrison? I think it's all collaboration. There's okay. obviously stuff that I have in mind, but yeah. I hate the, like, director is God mentality. Yeah, totally. There's definitely times where I have to, like, pull the plug and be like, okay, no, like, right. I'm making this decision. Right, yeah. But, um... 
we've we've uh, done all of the shot listing together and all of it we've like worked together on. Yeah. And I think that's like the way it should be done Absolutely. is the collaboration between the two of us. But like yeah. I have cool ideas and then he'll be like, oh, my gosh, I had the same cool idea or mm. completely disagree. And then we have to argue about it. Right. <laughs> but then then you're like being able to argue for the things that you want. I feel like right. lets it's, you like process it and think through it exactly. more, which is great. And it's also more, it's like a quote unquote fun argument because yeah. it's not like a real life personal <laughs> yeah. argument. It's like, let's argue over a medium or a wide. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, Harrison, <laughs> you know, like we need to shoot this on, on an 85. <laughs> no, I'm like 85 to 100 millimeter because uh. it's going to isolate him and we're going to be in his headspace. And Harrison's like, no, we need to shoot this on a 25 because we're going to see how isolated he's in the world around him mm. and then we argue these things and we're, we want to communicate the same thing exactly but because it's like such an artistic choice that right. like we yeah there's two different ways to shoot it exactly and so then arguing for what we want <laughs> yeah happens literally every decision we make <laughs> exactly um i want to talk about your fundraising campaign which is not an indiegogo it is not as you uh corrected me <laughs> um you're using seed and spark which is just another fundraising mm -hmm. platform um first off why did you use Seed and Spark? Because typically yeah. people either use Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, I try to tell people Indiegogo just because that's the one that <laughs> I know the best. But like, how did you find out about it? And yeah. what about that platform? You, you know, don't have to dive into the technicalities of it. But what about it? <laughs> Let me give some yeah. promo for exactly, Seed and Spark. Yeah. <laughs> Not They'll spons. have to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, being a camp up, I never do any of this right. stuff. So I was very like at bottom floor i know nothing about kickstarter indiegogo or anything yeah um and our producer lauren who's also our casting director said hey like i just use this website scene spark to fund some of my thesis you should check it out and she kind of pitched it to me and it's like it's only for film which is really interesting okay because gotcha. I don't know if Indiegogo is, but Kickstarter, it's like products and stuff that you can Indiegogo, pay for. It's, it's film and some products. Yeah. So yeah. Seed and Spark is just uh, film. That's cool. And then they take 2% of your funds instead yeah. of like five. Yeah. Um, you get to keep the funding after it gets to 80% rather right. than Kickstarter is like fully funded or nothing. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was really cool is like their wish list option, which I hope if you're yeah. listening, you check out our yes. page. Yeah. But the wish list is almost like a um, like a wedding registry. Right. So we have it like, oh, it costs, uh, you know, fifteen hundred dollars to feed the crew for five days for just like our, you know, meals. Right. And so you can say, oh, I'll donate two hundred dollars just for that right. and kind of fill up those you know, individual things. Or you can say, like, I know Katie, so I want to donate just to the set design. Right. And you can chip in to that aspect of the film. Right. Um, so I thought that was really unique about it. Yeah, I think other platforms should definitely get on that. Oh, yeah. Because that's a way, that's like... You're so connected to what you're Yeah, funding. you know where your money's going. Yeah. And so. it, I think it's interesting um, for people to see, like, because $15,000 is such a big number. Yeah. But then when you like see the breakdown, you're like, oh, wait, it costs thousands of dollars just to feed these people. Yeah. Or yeah. like it costs, you know, $2,000 to build this set. Right. You know, you kind of have an idea of where the money's going rather mm -hmm. than just like the pie charts that you see on everyone's yeah. things. <laughs> Not to roast everyone. Exactly. But... <laughs> the pie charts. So what are some of the fun perks that people can get for donating to your campaign so a lot of them are digital and mm -hmm. part of that is because it's a lot easier to distribute but yeah also it's a lot less wasteful and that's something uh right i wanted to talk about, about that yeah write it down less yes <laughs> um 
but so like a lot of them are like we have um like a personalized email or a personalized video saying like thank mm-hmm. you from the cast uh the the one that's my favorite which i don't remember what tier it is mm-hmm. but it's one of our higher perks is that um a pink prop from the bedroom and so because like a lot of the time with production design you can return a lot of it or you could right. you know put it in other places like use it in another film right but because literally every single thing in his bedroom every single book or trophy or stuffed animal or pen or notebook it's all going to be fully covered in pink Mm. it's like what are we going to do with all of this stuff and i don't want to waste it and so i think giving it to people who helped make our film because Mm. that's what you're doing by you know donating is you're helping us make the film right um we're going to sign them and then mail those out so Mm. i think we'll have like you know cute little trinkets from around right. his room and stuff that Katie's making too that'll be pink that people can get. Right. Which I think is really fun. Right. <laughs> you, you talked about the sustainability aspect of it. Yeah. Um, pitch that and explain why yeah. that is something that you're concerned about. So film in general is just really wasteful. Yeah. Um, I think like even my mom didn't know that you like they have to feed you on set. Right. She was like, oh, you don't bring a lunch. And I'm like, no, mom, like I'm working for 17 hours. They, <laughs> they should better, they yeah. better give me a meal. Um, they better give me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so not only do you have to give your crew meals every six hours, but you have mm. to give them snacks and snacks are very wasteful when yeah. you think about it. Um, like all the water bottles, because a lot of people don't bring their own water bottles, which is insane to me. But right. um, all the plastic water bottles are like all the individually packaged things like that's a lot of waste that you're creating. And in my own personal life, I try really hard to be eco-conscious. Like I bring my own grocery bags and mm-hmm. I, you know, do a lot of the other stuff that people don't care about. I don't need to get into that. But, right. you know, like it's it's a big thing in my life. And I am also vegan. So, like, I care about the environment in that way. Right. And it's like everyone should care about the environment because Absolutely. the world is burning. Yes. But creating a film and being the director where I'm the one who can say, OK, no, we're not going to have 600 plastic. Right. Like bottles from this shoot like everyone can bring their own water bottle and they're always has a water bottle empty exactly like you don't even finish a full bottle but no we can have like jugs of water that people can fill up Mm. or the way we package um the snacks like get a a big thing of you know trail mix and then people have like a not like a plastic cup but some other way to Mm -hmm. you know carry it around set right like little things like that or even like the trash bags that you use or the mm-hmm. plates that you serve the food on, like all of that stuff adds up. And you can, even though this is like a student film, you can think about, you know, like Avengers, <laughs> how many crew members they oh had and gosh, how many months yeah. they shot for. And if you think about how many water bottles people are using, like that's just insane. And yeah. I have a I have a choice to make as a director. Right. Uh, and I don't want to make that choice yeah. <laughs> to just hurt the environment any more exactly. than I have to. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really important to us as being trying to be sustainable and trying to be eco-conscious and even using that like in our production design like a lot of the stuff we want to get from goodwill not because it's a better deal but because it's secondhand and it's like you don't have to use all this packaging and you know just stuff like that it's just like keeping it in mind throughout the production pre-production and whatever process i think that's something that more productions should adopt and i think the 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 water bottle thing Mm -hmm. specifically that i think the idea of that is spreading at least it's scad yeah yeah at least yeah exactly at least it's scad especially because it also saves money just bring your own water bottle oh yeah you know saves so much money exactly (laughs) um which i guess is how you have to convince people yeah you know it's like well the earth but i guess money as well and then they're they're like like, oh it's cheaper (laughs) yeah yeah we can do that yeah we'll swing it (laughs) (laughs) so what is your greatest dream for pink oh my gosh what's like the ideal post-production process and distribution process and what do you lie awake and look at your ceiling and go (laughs) i can't wait for pink to be at tribeca film festival (laughs) um 
I think my producer Colin would say, oh, we want to sell the film and we want to distribute it and get it into festivals. But as like cheesy as it sounds, I find myself relating so much to Peter as a character. Right. And I think a lot of us can re relate to having these like childhood traumas and not mm. having like the mental capacity to learn how to like deal with them. And right. it's stuff that still affects us. And like as corny as it sounds, my dream for Pink is that people see it and they're moved by it. And it's something right. that like, sticks corny. with them. Yeah. I mean... It's like kind of lame, but it's it's a very like emotional film. And right, I'd rather you have yeah. an opinion on yeah. that than because <laughs> I mean some people just make stuff to sell it. Yeah, and like and kind of yeah, kind of like how I said, you know, I don't trust myself to be funny with like making right. a comedy. Like I don't necessarily trust myself to make something moving, but that's like the goal mm. is to make something that people are like, oh wow, like that touched me. I related to that, right. or like I want to show this to someone, right? Or you know to. To handle like anxiety and loss of a parent is like daunting. Yeah. And hopefully we do it in a way that people are like, oh, like they handle that really well and very right. creatively. And, and like I want to share it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's the same thing with your film probably is mm -hmm. like you, you know, you want to make something that people can relate to. Yeah, and it's absolutely. like you're, you're taking you're putting a new spin on it. Yeah. And yeah. So director dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So once you graduate, which I assume oh, is at the end of spring quarter. Yeah, I yeah. only have three classes left when I oh, should have wow. six, but because of the Look way SCAD go. structures classes, it's still going to be in the spring. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. It's fine. <laughs> At least that means you won't have to class when you're shooting. So next quarter, I'm just in senior two in music video, and then senior right. three is my only class oh, in okay. the spring, which is gotcha. wild. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know everyone hates the what are your post-graduation plans, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I've heard you say in class that your plan is to be a cam op yeah. post-graduation. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think at all you will get bit by the directing bug and want to direct again? Because I'm very curious to see how that <sighs> affects your... Like, I really want to have you back on after production <laughs> oh my gosh. to see well, it, like what that process how was nice like. of you first of all to say you want me back <laughs> exactly on the pod, and we're not even but... <laughs> done <laughs> um that is so scary to me really because i love being a cam op yeah. and i think like it's weird because people i think people think of artists as like you have your like little art dream and then you have your day right, job yeah, yeah. but then even inside a film people have their like day job and then they're like film dream but it's kind of like oh i'm gonna grip to make money but i would right. love to be a dp and so I'm wondering if that's ever going to happen. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to come up out of college because why would anyone trust me to do that with their real film? But like, I'm wondering if there's a point Probably where I'm going to... Probably because you're a good camera. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if there's a point where I'm going to finally join 600, which is the camera union that costs $10,000 to get into. Oh, my goodness. Finally be at the point where I join the union yeah. and do that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I want to direct. Right. And then like hate myself. <laughs> But that's like a very scary question and something I yeah. try not to think about really? because because <laughs> I love cam opping, but also directing yeah. is really fun. But yeah, I would I would say like maybe at this point, no, I don't think it'll be like my my vocation in life just right. because I hate pre-production. I hate pre-production. Yeah. It's so that's stressful. That's why I hire producers, though. Well, I have great producers, but right. I'm still doing stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. of course. Yeah, you're always going to be doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't like these hypotheticals. I think that was a big thing with me oh. not wanting to DP is like. You're making these choices, but you're not seeing it happen versus right. like a cam up. I'm like, oh, we can, you know, we can boom up two feet and I'll exactly. see right away what that looks like. And I'll know what the payoff is. And like, right. I like that. Okay. <laughs> so I know like, yes or no. And then, you know, you execute it and like it's done and you go home being proud of yourself right. instead of wanting to die for months in pre-production. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm very curious to see what your mindset is. 
once you get out of pre-production. So, okay, this is only the second time, but, and I know you said you hate pre-production, but like still current in this stage, like, Mm -hmm. are you enjoying the process? I'm enjoying um, my like director's notes that I have to myself and I'm enjoying watching films and instead of like my cam up brain being like, hmm, I wonder if this is a steady camera gimbal or like, I wonder what size jib they used for that or if it's on a drone, like stuff like that. It's like, Oh, look at the way that they shot this two shot and how that, you know, communicates the loneliness of this character. Like it's the more like film theory stuff. Was that that a a conscious shift of what you're paying attention to? I think, you just I think to some extent because yeah. I've I've switched the the types of movies that I watch. I try uh, to watch more movies with child actors and like coming of age right. dramas, you know, to try to just see like, oh, how did they do it? But it's weird that like that's how I'm thinking now. Like yeah. I saw two popes at Film Fest. Right. Did you see two popes? No, but I really wanted to. Well, there's a whole scene where they're talking in a garden. Okay. And one of the popes is shot in a close up in profile, and then the other pope is shot in a OTS, like, mm-hmm. kind of medium close-up. Yeah. So, like, way further away from camera, and there's, like, a shoulder obstructing right. the frame versus a very tight mm-hmm. uh, profile, but you're still not facing camera. Yeah. So it was, like, very interesting choices like that and how that makes the audience, like, favor one character over the other mm-hmm. or, like, you know, how you block stuff really changes the scene. Like, gotcha. I don't know, just stuff like that. I, I'm starting to, like, notice more and be, like, more of an active viewer and, like, I'll try to apply mm. it to pink. But so directors watching can get fil- carried away with that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> is is uh, is watching films part of your process of, I guess. of pre-production? I feel like I should be watching more films, mm-hmm. but like it's I, interesting because some people would say don't watch any. Yeah, you know. So but that's what I was going to say. Everyone like, varies on their advice I, on that. I've definitely worked with directors, um, like on when when I do camera stuff. I've worked with directors that are like. Okay, so Hitchcock did a shot where they right. they did this for three minutes, so and that <laughs> meant that in that film. So we're gonna do that in this film so that it means the same thing. And it's like and that's not how it, it works. Yeah, they're like constantly right. referencing things. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way to do it. I think yeah. you like watch whatever you want to watch and like see, oh, that they like, you know, they did this and that's what that means. Hmm. And like, oh, it made me feel like this as a viewer. So right. how can I do that for mine? Rather right. than like trying to duplicate it exactly. Right. Okay. So the night before you begin shooting, Oof. begin shooting pink. I cry. <laughs> what's no, going to be going through your mind? Oh, gosh. I, I've i been saying now to everyone, like, I cannot wait to be in production. I right. can't wait to be a director. Like, because yeah. then I'll get to be a director. Like, exactly. I'll get to make the decisions and see, like, the vision come to life. Mm-hmm. And I think the scariest thing is, am I prepared enough? And I think mm-hmm. that's what Lubo, our, you know, senior one professor, mm-hmm. like what I like the most about him is that he makes me think about literally every <laughs> single decision. Yeah. And like, that's true. Not only like think about it, but like, why wouldn't you do something else? And mm-hmm. I like to be very prepared for things and having that where I like really have to think it through, yeah. um, I think is, is, I don't know, it's really useful, but that's yeah. like, that's what I think I'll be nervous about is that I'll... All in my head be like, okay, I want to convey this in the scene. But then mm-hmm. when we shoot it to have to check in and be like, are we conveying this? Like, mm-hmm. that's the scary part. Because gotcha. once it's shot, like it's shot. Yeah. <laughs> and your editor can only do so much. Right. But it's like trying to, you know, prep so much that on the day it's like second nature and you're just like making the film you wanted to make. Right. That's what I'm most nervous about and what I'll be freaking about. Freaking out about uh, February 19th. <laughs> February 19th. All right. Well, good luck on February 19th oh, and the days following afterwards. And good luck at auditions this weekend. Oh, when this gosh. episode comes out, they're all going to be done. They're all going to be so done. So I hope Whew, future. We'll have a Peter, hopefully. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, check out uh, Sammy's 
Seed and Spark campaign. It is the first link in the description. Any amount helps. Will it be up for a month? I assume? Yeah, it's going to be a month okay. starting November 15th, which, which is, is when this comes out. Exactly. So check that out. It is one of the most direct ways you can, you know, support yeah. film uh, and support us lowly filmmakers that we are. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to see this. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I would love to have you on afterwards to see nice. like maybe you come back and you're like guys i'm a director now oh no k is stupid <laughs> i've wasted the past two years of my life i'm a director <laughs> i don't think it's a waste one leads to the other just like photo led to film i guess so it all works out oh, it's just gonna keep moving and then i'm gonna be like i don't want to be a director i'm gonna be yeah. a sound we'll designer be an oh, <laughs> that'd be worse an accountant i'll be a librarian exactly exactly oh, that's that's the backup plan is being a librarian that always has been the backup plan right yeah right <laughs> Well, Sammy, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, Wes. And, yeah. <laughs> See you guys in the next one. Bye.